Hi, you're listening to Cool Chats, the Cool Choir podcast, profiling the personal lives of our members across Calgary, Western Canada. You can find more information on Cool Choir by visiting coolchoir.com or at our public Facebook page by searching Cool Choir. Thanks for listening. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the Cool Chats podcast. I'm extremely excited and delighted to be welcoming Marina Connors, one of our fabulous members of Cool Choir, to the podcast this week as part of episode three. And I hope you're going to have fun along with myself learning a little bit about Marina, who is one of our longest standing members. She's been singing the choir for quite some time and I know that she's excited to share a little bit about herself and uh, for us to learn a little bit about uh, Marina as we go along today. So hello Marina, how are you? Hi Jamie, doing really well, thank you. Great, we were just talking about the horrible miserable weather that we're experiencing on the 20th of May this year. You were saying that like me, you don't like rain. No, I specifically love Calgary because of all the sunshine we get, but that's okay. We have to have rain this time of year. And we did have a really lovely long weekend, just this one past. So that's okay. Yes, we just had the Victoria Day weekend, actually, and it's been glorious. Um, but again, the weather has gone a little bit uh, dull, a little bit rainy. Reminds reminds me a little bit of the UK, I have to say. <laughs> Probably reminds me why I left as well, more to the point. So... <laughs> Um, but yeah, now which part of the city are you, I, do you live in? So I live in an area called Strathcona Park, which is in the southwest, close to Canada Olympic Park, really, sort of in that area. Um, our family moved here in 1997 when I was just nine years old. And I've gone and lived in other places, but wanted to come back home at the end of it all. This is home for us now. So we love it. So all of your family live in Calgary now? Yes, our immediate family. So I have my parents, my brother, uh, my godmother, my uncle, my grandma, and then I guess another set of uh, uncle and aunt. So we were the first ones to immigrate, um, but we kind of brought a whole, a whole load of good people with us. So <laughs> Very nice. So would you talk about... Um... You've, you've said a word there that's kind of like sparked at my attention, especially you talked about immigrating. So what are, where, where are sort of the roots of your family, Marina? Yeah, so we, we come from Brazil. And that's where I was born, where my parents were born, where my brother was born. And so our first, my first language is Portuguese. And I have a deep love for Brazilian music, as you can imagine, as a really rich uh, type of music there. But um we wanted my parents wanted a better life for us um and so we moved to canada in in 1997. wow brazilian music now i, I had no idea that they were your brazil brazil was your your roots and uh it's i mean I've, I've actually traveled all around the world well a lot of the world not all around it obviously but i've seen a lot of countries but i i haven't made it over to south america yet and i'm particularly um i think brazil i anticipate will be you know my next sort of destination in the next five years or so that i'd like to go and go and visit and actually particularly because of because of the music as a saxophonist um, yeah. I actually do play, you know, some of the jazz that I play is kind of a Brazilian inspired. In fact, there's one piece of music, it's called El Garota de Ipanema, de Ipanema, the girl from Ipanema. <laughs> uh, I pronounced that really badly, sorry, but... 
<laughs> everybody, when I play that piece, everybody loves it. They say it's so exotic and reminds them of the, the waters lilting against the sand, you know, and this, oh, lovely. So evocative music. Absolutely. It is whenever I need just a moment of peace, that is what I turn to. And uh, that, that song that you mentioned is a very, very famous one. And it is part of sort of a school of music from, I guess my style these days is sort of more oldies Brazilian music. I love the music from the 60s and the 70s. That's where, and the 80s as well. And um, that's where sort of this genre, it's called bossa nova and samba and all of those is just it just really brings me peace and i find that it's interesting when you speak to different languages that listening to music in your other language resets your brain a bit <laughs> so it's helpful for stress it's helpful just to kind of reframe and give you a different perspective uh, to bring that kind of new music into your life so interesting. i do turn to it a lot wow and um and also you talked about so, uh, sorry, because I'm, I'm a bit lost now. So what's the connection between the, and I'm probably showing my ignorance here, but what's the, the uh, kind of connection between the, the Portuguese um, and the Brazilian thing? Oh, very similar to the relationship between Canada and Great Britain. So Portugal conquered and colonized Brazil in the 1800s. And we were actually, uh, during the Napoleon years, uh, the Portuguese royal family fled to Brazil. And they and Brazil became sort of the center of the Portuguese empire, which used to be quite large um, when they were colonizing. So they basically took Brazil while Spain colonized the rest of South America in Central America. So that's why in Brazil we speak Portuguese and not Spanish. It's a common misconception that people have that we speak Spanish, um, but we do speak Portuguese. It sounds very different from the Portuguese from Portugal. I actually do struggle to understand Portuguese from Portugal sometimes. Just the accent is very strong. Um, but yeah, and we, we became independent from Portugal and ooh. <laughs> 1822, I believe. I'm very impressed by your knowledge here. Very impressed <laughs> indeed. Oh my gosh. I this hope is... I didn't get that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't ask me. I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Wow. We got a little bit of a, um, a bit of a back history story there as well. I certainly wasn't expecting that, but I'd rather talk about the music and probably the food as well, which we'll come to in a minute. Oh yes. No, no podcast of mine goes by without mentioning food. You should know this by now, <laughs> but um, back to the music actually. So you were talking about, um, you know, Brazilian kind of samba music. I, I, I used to play in a salsa, well, it's not, I know it's quite Brazilian. I was playing a salsa band um, many, many years ago. Um, no, that wouldn't be, no, it was a samba band. Oh, it was, a, I did play, I played in a salsa band and a samba band. Um, <laughs> yeah, I loved, loved playing in um, just the something about those rhythms, isn't there, especially, um, you know, those when, when all the drums are going and there's just the offbeat rhythms. I, oh, I love, I love all that stuff. Do you have a particular favorite, um, you know, artist or piece of music or song that you really really like yes there's this artist in brazil he is my favorite and i was fortunate enough to see him play live in ottawa a couple years ago and he's he's getting up there in age he's i think he's almost 80 but he still plays he still sings his voice is amazing so his name uh is gilberto gil um and he is sort of for me, one of the masters of Brazilian music. 
and there's so many songs of his I don't think I could pick just one I guess there's there is one um, it's called Hifazenda it's really really beautiful and he for me is sort of the master of Brazilian music he is my favorite uh, when he came to play in Ottawa I lost my mind he even um, I even sort of got to meet him off the side of the, just say hello, off the side of the stage. And he's so energetic and he's just so happy and he has such a command of the rhythm of that music. So he, I would highly recommend him for anyone who, who wants to, to explore Brazilian music for the first time. He would be amazing. Now, his name sounds very eloquent, but to people listening to this podcast, they, if they wanted to look up his name or Google his name, they'd, they'd need to know how to spell it. So I'm just going to have you spell out his name for us, please. Absolutely. So his first name is Gilberto, and it's spelled G-I-L-B-E-R-T-O. Okay. And his last name is Gil, which is spelled G-I-L. Perfect. So actually, when, when you spell it out, it doesn't seem quite as... Uh, uh, you know, as, as technical as it sounds, actually. <laughs> Gil, Gilberto Gil, which would be the way they'd say it, probably in Spanish, something like that. So, yeah, yeah I'd like to check it out. As I said, I really do appreciate um, you know, those, those rhythms. And I think that kind of music, as I know I was saying a minute ago, it's very evocative, but it's very transportative, isn't it? Like, you listen to that music um, and, it, you know, it kind of takes you somewhere else. It kind of takes you to, you know... That, that kind of sunny, sort of very happy kind of, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, I, when, I know if I go on holiday somewhere, you know, if you go to wherever you go, they often, if you sit in a beach bar, that's the kind of music they'll play, because it just adds that sort of really, you know, really warming kind of, you know, exotic element to it, I think. Absolutely, and I think what I love the most about Brazilian music is that it is able, at least the ones from these sort of this era, you know, it was a difficult era in history, and they're able to take societal pains and issues and challenges and turn them into really beautiful, inspiring um, messages. And, you know, there's the lighthearted stuff and then some of his more deep stuff. You're never really sad. You're always sort of, you know, it's a bit melancholy. It's, but there's sort of a happy, everything's going to be all right <laughs> type of a feel to it in the end. And actually, this particular artist was heavily influenced by Bob Marley. Uh, so he does pull in a little bit of reggae into his music as well, which is, which is really neat. Wow. And you were talking there about um, different sort of um, styles, or you're saying it's quite, quite, quite melancholy. Is that, it's not really across the board. Is that more of a kind of a, you know, is there a specific style that is more melancholy than another style? And is that reflective of the history, would you say? I would say the melancholy, you'll find it in the lyrics, but you won't always find it in the rhythm oh, or in the sound. Yeah, yes. So they mix you know, maybe more melancholy lyrics, but with a very happy, uplifting, calm sound, which is, I think, what I like the most about it, actually, that you can mix those two things. Well, I'm looking at a little poster that I have here in my room, and it says it's got a picture of a saxophone, um, and it's kind of the art is very sort of Brazilian, the way that the actual artistic style is what I think of as Brazilian. It's kind of 
this uh, hand-drawn saxophone and it says today's a good day to have a great day to smile more worry less to be the very best version of you to do more of what makes you happy every day to be positive and regret nothing to be humble and work hard every day may not be as good but find something good in every day laugh love live follow your dreams believe in yourself and remember to be awesome <laughs> <laughs> it's a little post that I have on my wall, wall there. And the reason I'm, uh, it's caught my attention with this podcast is because I think about, when I think about, for example, jazz, um, I, ironically, as a saxophone player, I don't particularly love jazz, um, like modern jazz. Um, but, but again, the jazz that sort of always drew me in was, was kind of of the sort of the, the South American or the sort of Brazilian style um, jazz. And that was really appealed to me. Do you like that kind of, that kind of jazz? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of my, I have a bucket list in my life where I want to sort of travel, you know, once this whole pandemic situation is over and we can get back on a plane, but it's just sort of travel based on, on music. It's a little personal project. And one of them, you know, when I think about jazz is, okay, I have to go to New Orleans and listen to jazz. I have to go to Chicago and listen to jazz. And then I sort of have a similar, you know, for opera, I want to go to Austria. And for ballet, I want to go to Russia. Uh, so jazz is definitely on sort of this bucket list trip that I want to be able to take or multiple trips I want to be able to take at some point in my life. Because yes. I do really enjoy it. Fantastic. And we were just talking there about a few minutes ago, mentioning about the food as well. So tell me a little bit about kind of um, Brazilian food, because I don't know too much about what a traditional, what that entails, basically. Yeah, and it's a tricky question. Brazil is a huge country and it's really diverse. So I think there is really only one dish <laughs> that would unite everyone because everything else would be very regional. But there is one dish um, and it is called feijoada. And it's spelled F-E-I-J-O-A-D-A. -A. It's basically a, a bean and meat stew that it, it takes all these different cuts of pork and beef and black beans. And you make it usually in very large quantities. Brazilians are, we have very large families. So you would make a very large quantity. You would serve it with rice. You would serve it with some collard greens and oranges because it is a very, very heavy dish. So it's one of those dishes where you would have it for lunch and you would probably need to nap for the rest of the day. It sounds quite heavy day. going, I must admit. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. It sounds very wholesome, very nutritious and very, very wholesome as well. Absolutely. And Brazilians, we love our sweets. So um, I remember one of the first trips... Um, that I took with my now husband. It was his first time to Brazil. I warned him, I said, get ready to eat to the point where you're not gonna wanna eat ever again. And he said, oh, I can handle it, don't worry. And then sort of about halfway through the trip, he looked at me and he's like, so much sugar, so much food. I was like, yes, that, that is what we do. So we love like our cakes and chocolate and um, different types of fruit sweets so that's a I have a huge sweet tooth because of that as well which is so not something I would have associated necessarily with kind of you know when you talk about sugar that was a bit of a surprise to, to, to hear that because I well, I don't know I think of I'm trying to think like I mean I know I noticed what's 
what was popping up now increasingly kind of around the world are these kind of they call them brazilian barbecues don't they where yeah. they have these you know i mean I've, I've been to the one in canmore a couple of times there's one in calgary as well and you kind of walk in and then somebody comes around your table with these skewers of meat um and then you just kind of you know you just keep you can just keep eating as much of this meat as you like until you've absolutely stuffed um so is that obviously that that's a brazilian thing yes it's really common in brazil as well um, here in Canada, they have it. I always just get upset about how expensive it is because in Brazil, meat is much more affordable. Um, food is really much more affordable. So I always balk a little at the price. But yes, you do get those really great cuts of meat. There's a specific cut of meat that in Brazil we eat and it's my favorite. It's called picanha and they do have it here at the, at the Brazilian barbecue places. So I always save room for that specific cut of meat, which is just the best. Um, but yeah, the sugar stuff is there. So Brazil is a huge sugar cane producing countries so we do produce a lot of sugar and I do think that that filters itself out into the diet as well as um, the state where I'm from um, cattle for beef is a really big industry as well so and uh, not lots of these healthy things that we're told we should eat <laughs> meat sugar um, but it's the stuff that I love and in moderation it's it's pretty good so now tell us about the uh, the elephant in the room for me actually is when you talk about me in Brazil is the festivals is the sort of the Brazilian kind of festivals really so tell us a little bit about have you ever been to one of these you know world famous Brazilian festivals as a child yes so carnival is the one you're you're probably thinking carnival, about it is, sorry. yeah <laughs> right it is our biggest yes. one yeah. <laughs> yeah so carnival yes as a kid it is a big holiday um you know you dress up in costume you have parties with your friends you have parties with your neighbors everyone is sort of celebrating uh, the end of i think it's the beginning of lent um and i would say that carnival just like food in Brazil is very diverse depending on where you go. So whenever I'm, you know, recommending someone go, you know, you have the carnival in Rio, which I would consider, you know, the Hollywood of carnival. So that's where you go. That's the stuff that you see in the news or in a book. Like that's where you're going to get that. The big floats, the massive parade, the beautiful costumes, the beautiful music, the fireworks, all of that very amped up and in a big way, like that's Rio. Um, but Carnival, you know, in other places of the country can be a little bit more, it's more of like a big street party, really. Um, you know, everyone is just out on the street, they're dressed up, they're dancing, they're celebrating. And it's not so much of a huge show as it is more of a community feel. But at the end of the day, you know, it is about coming together and sort of celebrating and, you know, not taking life too seriously for, for a few days. It sounds almost like a bucket list experience to me. It's one of those kind of just, you know, somebody particularly myself, somebody who enjoys travel, just to have the opportunity to go and experience that. I mean, my, you know, I know my mother and father, um, you know, several years ago, they were, I mean, they, they were on a cruise and I think they, you know, they must have stopped and they, you know, they went to, uh, my mum always talked very, um, well, she was just talked very affectionately about her experience of, uh, Brazil in general, actually, um, and the people as well, and just the, the culture. It's just, I don't know, it has a, has a really, it has like a really um, kind of um, very, 
don't know what the word is, just has a very uh, inviting vibe to, to the whole thing. I think of Brazil, I think of the, a bit like Mexico, I think of the colours and I think of the, you know, the people and the sunshine and just the music and, you know, I feel that, uh, yeah, there's something about Brazil that's wildly appealing. <laughs> yeah, and it's, you know, it's a very, you know, it's just like any country, it has its problems, it has its challenges. It has its difficulties, but I like to focus on the positive aspects of it as much as I can. And it really comes down to the warmth between people. And sometimes that is something that, you know, you don't experience in other countries, but I think it's just letting your hair down a bit, not taking yourself too seriously. Brazilians are very good at making fun of themselves and making fun of each other. Sometimes oh, we get on great then. We would get on absolutely great. <laughs> oh, people keep telling me off here, Marina. They keep saying when I when I make when I poke fun at myself, especially in front of the choir, people are saying, "Jamie, stop doing it. Stop fat shaming yourself." And I'm like, I'm not fat shaming myself. I'm just poking fun at myself because it's what it's what us Brits do. So it's it's actually you know it's it's good to know that other other cultures actually have a uh, do a similar thing. <laughs> Oh yeah, I think even in Brazil we might take it too far sometimes. We do really, we do pranks, we make fun of each other. There's no such thing as politically incorrect sometimes when it comes to jokes. <laughs> so I think you'd get along just fine. So now going back to the choir for a moment. So um, how long have you been singing in the choir yourself? Yeah, I joined in January of 2018 and it was the thing I needed exactly at the right time. Um, I had just kind of recovered from a concussion that I suffered. I was having a hard time at work. I ended up leaving my job. You know, sometimes all those factors come together and you're just having a crappy time. And I needed, I needed something to, 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 to sort of focus on. And my husband was kind enough to give me singing lessons for a Christmas gift. And I went and I did singing lessons and I realized this was a childhood thing that I had never allowed myself to pursue because I thought, oh, I'm not very good. Who's going to listen? You know, why bother? And I realized, you know, I don't need to do it for anybody but me. And the singing lessons were great, but I sort of wanted more of a community. And I realized, well, you know, why not a choir? Like I'm shy about singing, so I'm in a group. <laughs> It'll be safer. I get to meet some people and, and who knows? And then, I mean, I didn't realize just how critical that decision was going to be. I made it sort of on a whim. And from the moment I walked in, I realized, oh my gosh, this is, this is exactly what I needed at exactly the right time. And and I'm never leaving this place. <laughs> so amazing. That's um, so heartwarming. And you obviously must have made, you know, a few friends in the choir since you've been there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, we, we're at Lincoln Park and I sort of sit in the soprano section and we, we just have a lot of fun there um, helping each other out sometimes. Like, oh, did you get what that was? Oh, how, do, how does this note go again? And Hey, listen, half the time, I even I don't get what it was. So. <laughs> So don't worry about that. <laughs> it's just, it's a, it's a lovely way to sort of get to know someone. And then of course the conversation then moves from what notes are we supposed to be hitting to, Hey, how's your mom? You know, how did that thing go last week? And then you sort of have people who are there and I love our choir because they remember what you've been going through and they're, they care. So you have sort of a group of people that you can just sort of 
put aside who you are, I think. Like, you know, when I'm in choir, like I'm not a daughter, I'm not a wife, I'm not a worker, I'm I'm just me. And I get to just be there as me and I get accepted for that. And it's just it brings a lot of peace and a lot of joy. So I, I really value it. Oh, bless you. And you know, um obviously in this time of uncertainty, we're all kind of you know, climbing the walls a bit and wondering when, <laughs> when we're going to be able to kind of um, get back. So uh, we've got, we, we, you know, we're online at this moment. So, you know, if, if you're listening to this podcast several years in the, into the future, by the way, um, we're in the year 2020 and uh, yeah, we're having an interesting time and we're, all our rehearsals are online, but I'm, I'm confident that things will change, you know, within the next 12 months, hopefully, and we'll get back to that. <laughs> Yeah, and if there's one thing I learned when I did have my concussion, I was out for three months. And this reminds me of this a bit. You're just so uncertain. You don't know when you're going to get out. You don't know when things are going to go back to normal. And I found that the moment that I just stopped expecting, it got better. So letting go of expectations, letting go of what normal should be, or letting go of what you should be feeling right now, I think is the best way to sort of get you through. If I can share some, some from my concussion experience, it's, it's about letting go of what you think things should be. I think that's some great worldly advice to finish our <laughs> podcast on today. Letting go of expectations, letting go of perceptions, letting go of what we think the world should be or what we should be and just, uh, let it let it go let it be let it go mm -hmm. there's, there's two song titles there let it go and let it be <laughs> i love them both equally <laughs> if, if that's allowed <laughs> oh, of course of course it's allowed. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling pressure though now i have to tell you that we're you know at some point we need to do something brazilian in the choir yes <laughs> yes please. i have a couple of ideas actually i'm not saying there'll be things that you know but uh, it could be a fun stylistic challenge to explore so yeah watch this yeah. space <laughs> awesome i'm excited for that yeah <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today for the cool chats podcast uh, thank you jamie and thank you for the community that you've built it helps so many people in so many ways oh <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see you at rehearsal well online or otherwise sometime <laughs> You betcha. <laughs> Thanks, Marina. Take care. Stay Thank safe. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Cool Chats today. We look forward to welcoming you back soon for our next episode, profiling the lives of our beautiful cool choir community across Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Until then, sing loud and proud, everyone. 